And welcome to The Daily Note with Tyrone Deal and Dr. Nathan Daly, where we talk all things rehabilitation and human performance. So, Nathan, how's it been, buddy? It's good. Uh, I get to lift some heavy weights this weekend, so I'm Ooh. really excited that my next training cycle is starting on Saturday, and uh, I want to see if I can break 400 pounds on the squat this cycle. Awesome. I'm going to hit the old iron chapel, I see. <laughs> In my garage. Okay. Yes. Hey. Yes. <laughs> hey, any, any place to lift weights is a place to lift weights. I'm excited, man. I cannot wait. How's everything going with your knee rehab? Uh, good. I had a follow-up appointment today with a doctor. They said I should be able to start weightlifting uh, with machines. Yeah. In two to four weeks. So, so he wants, still wants to wait two to four weeks before you start training? Yeah, like actual weightlifting. He's had to start with the machines and then dynamic stuff maybe four weeks out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He said that uh, there's a lot of atrophy in there. So he's like, let's keep it where you are comfortable. He goes, keep biking like you're doing, all the stuff that you're still doing. Well, you let us know when the doctor clears you, and I'll get you on our my schedule immediately, and we'll start doing some strength training because yes. I really, really love helping to get people stronger and building some muscle. So Awesome. Yeah. I'm excited to get back there. So we'll see. We'll get ready for the summer. Okay, Tyrone. So we have a really good episode today. And yes, it's good we do. because I really, really, really love treating these kind of patients. So what Ooh. are we talking about today? Uh, so today's episode, we will be covering tendinopathy. Ah, tendinopathy. Yes. yes. And I actually oh. have a few questions. I actually have a quite a list of questions here for you sure. today. Uh, hopefully, we can get through all of them. Yep. Um, I'll but, try to keep my answers brief and to the point, but you knowing me, that's probably not possible. Hey, the more info, the, <laughs> the better it is, all right? I'm pretty okay. sure our patients and listeners at home yeah. love hearing all this. Right. Uh, so, yes, uh, episode eight, everybody. We are back from a little hiatus of being on the podcast episodes, but we are back today with tendinopathy, and I'll jump right into it with Nathan. Uh, so, Nathan, tendinopathy, and I know that involves a tendon, um, and I want to know, what is a tendon? A tendon. Okay, so connective tissue. The body is filled with strong, resilient connective tissue. That is the point of attachment for a muscle to a bone. Okay. So a ligament connects two bones together. Okay. A tendon connects a muscle to a bone. To the bone. Okay. So it's connective tissue that is the point at which, via the connection to the bone, the muscle can contract and pull the bone so that you can move your body. Awesome. Okay, so that keeps us going. Yes. Alrighty. And what is, I guess we just covered that, what is the main job of the tendon? The tendon is um, a point of attachment, but it's also a structure in the body that stores energy. Oh, okay. So you think about it like almost being like a very advanced sort of spring. Okay. So if I jump down from a box, my patellar tendon connecting the bottom of my kneecap to the top of my tibia, my um, shin bone, um, I'm going to absorb some of that impact, sure, through my quadricep, the muscles on the thigh, front of the, my thigh, but also through the patellar tendon, and it's going to store that energy and then release it. Wow. Same thing goes for the Achilles tendon that almost everyone is familiar with on the back of the heel. Alrighty. Yeah. So like jump roping and all that type jump of Jump roping, actions. jumping, um, yeah. Sprinting, uh, sprinting taking off. everything. Anything okay. that involves a rapid application of force, that application of force is applied from the muscle through the tendon to the bone, either by shortening the muscle, which is a concentric muscle activity, or an eccentric contraction, which is a lengthening of the muscle and the tendon under load as it's being slowly lengthened. The tendon is being stretched, and the muscle is resisting the external force on the body to lengthen that muscle out. Okay. So yeah. Cool, thank you for the info. Mm -hmm. And then what is tendinopathy? Tendinopathy is 
abnormal, and I, I won't necessarily get the definition exactly right here, but for the purposes kind of, of our, our um, listeners here, it's abnormal cellular activity within a tendon, and then potentially, not always, but then potentially associated with that, pain, dysfunction, weakness, all the things that people think about. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And what is the difference between tendinopathy and tendinitis? Tendinitis was an old term that was okay. used to describe that symptom, symptomatic tendon pain, okay. right? Because it was un people believed, scientists believed that the tendon was inflamed. There was an active inflammatory process. It was hot. It was swollen. Just typically is the way you think about if you got cut on the leg and you're going through that process of healing. Well, recent evidence shows that, yeah, I mean, there are some inflammatory markers that are present for the first couple weeks of an active tendon pain episode. But after those first couple weeks, there's no more inflammation. Okay. The and body's not inflamed anymore. So a tendinopathy is a more precise term to describe tendon abnormal pathology and pain, but it's not itis. Itis means inflammation. It's not an infl inflammatory process. It's something abnormal going on. Okay, alrighty. And then uh, how does tendinopathy occur? Tendinopathy, oh man, we're getting into the good stuff here, Tyrone. I love it. Um, tendinopathy really occurs due to an imbalance of loading. Okay. So an excess of what that tendon can handle, recover from, and adapt to. So like say if I were to start box jumping or jumping down from high stuff. A lot of, a lot of times. Very little recovery. You do it on back-to-back -back days. You do it over and over again. You do it from high boxes. Okay. You do it. It's the total number of jumps you do, um, for the uh, the how much running you do in how short period of time. Mm -hmm. What the status of your tendon is. We know that tendinopathies can affect certain patient populations more often. For example, uh, middle-aged men are more likely to develop tendinopathy in the Achilles tendon. For okay. example. So we know that their tendons. Why is that? Well, their tendons are not going to be necessarily as resilient or as elastic as they once were in their youth. So they're more likely to undergo this process of degradation, okay. potentially that could lead to pain. Now I want to be clear here. We just talked about pain, right, in our yes. last episode. It is possible to have some of those cellular markers of degradation of the tendon, like breakdown uh, in the matrix and all these uh, soft tissues surrounding the actual collagen fibers and for the person not to have pain at all. Okay, wow. So not always do you have pain. Uh -huh. Now, this is, gets important for the treatment, right? We don't have to fix what's wrong, quote unquote, with the tendon to help people relieve their pain and get back to full activity. And in fact, many biopsy studies of tendons after um, a course of rehab show that the tendon hasn't really changed in oh. quality. So like an Achilles the, rupture or something like that? Not a rupture, no. Imagine like, imagine you've, you've seen people with an Achilles, uh, it's called a fusiform deformity, a big swelling in their tendons, yeah. basically, walking around. That swelling may persist. And even if we took a biopsy, a little needle, and stuck it in the tendon, you might say, ah, this tendon's still abnormal, but yet the person doesn't have pain. Huh. And they're able to do everything they want to do. Wow. Now, we're gonna do things to help that remodeling process, but you have to understand that pain and tissue dysfunction do not go hand in hand, always. always. Sometimes okay. they do. So you're saying, so uh, another question, could someone post-surgery, can they develop a tendinopathy? Absolutely. From the atrophied muscles? It's not, uh, it's not the atrophy of the muscles. It is the 
abnormal loading relative to what they're used to. So what I would think is, let's say a person is an avid runner. They have a knee surgery that prevents them from running for a period of time. They start back running when cleared by the surgeon. That's what that I mean. yeah. increase in stress to the tendon, given that it's a ramp up from zero, could lead to a tendinopathy. Could, could. if okay. not managed appropriately. Okay. Yeah. All right. So if you progress too fast, or progress if you're too fast, doing yeah. what your PT so is not telling you to do. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and let's get back to the original question. The original question was. Remind me again. You um, said, what causes tendon... No. Yes. Yeah, uh, what causes tendinopathies? Yes, what causes tendinopathies? Abnormal load. It, increased load relative to what the body can recover from. So I can't tell you, Tyrone, that a certain number of box jumps will produce tendinopathy for you because okay. I don't know how resilient your tendons are and I don't know your exercise history in detail and I don't, don't know what you can handle. There are general recommendations and that's what we do. If a patient comes to us and they're way outside the norms, I run every day and I didn't run at all and now I'm running five to 10 miles every day. I can pretty well predict it's like half the population of Durango. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I mean, they've been running 5 to 10 miles for a number of years. My point is, Tyrone, I can't tell you that a certain number of miles is going to give you tendinopathy or a certain okay. number of box jumps. Okay. It's all compared to what you did before and how strong your tendon is going ah, into the activity. Okay. Yeah. Ah, so that's why pre-PT before surgery would be important to try and do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Alrighty. And then um, let's see here. Another question I have is, are there different types of tendinopathies? Like severe levels, like you know, when you have like a grade one subluxation, grade two, grade three, are there different types of tendinopathies like that? I I'm not familiar with grading, and and feel free if any PTs are listening to this show. I know our colleagues are. If you want to weigh in, I'm not aware of any um, grading criteria for severity of tendinopathies. I do, however, know that some stages of the tendinopathy process can be more painful or less painful. Okay. Right? So a person might not be able to tolerate almost any kind of load to the tendon early in the rehab process. It's really painful. And the strategy we use to rehabilitate would be different for those people than it would be for the person who's had this for a long time, knows exactly how much it brings it on, and maybe it takes them a couple miles of running before it gets potentially worse in the case of a patellar or an Achilles tendinopathy. Okay. Yeah, so, so basically what I'm saying is a good physical therapist will understand how severe, how irritable, um, the symptoms are, how cranky they are, mm -hmm. and adjust the treatment based on that irritability. Okay. And then um, how can you treat tendinopathy? Through load. Load, okay. It's ultimately, at the end of the day, um, there are... So you're telling me to go squat heavy. Mm. <laughs> uh, in the case of patellar tendinopathy, I would say yes. One of the most effective treatments for patellar tendon pain, jumper's knee as it's called, is heavy, slow resistance training. It's squatting, leg pressing, and doing the hack squat. If you've ever seen a hack squat machine yes. in the gym, it's a reverse 45 degree standing uh, machine that allows you to load the, um, the knees, uh, but without freestanding weight. So yes, load is the most important thing. Now. I'm going to go over a couple other things. Okay. Management of your training load that's irritating it. So current recommendations for some tendinopathies, patellar tendon pain um, specifically, or well, no, Achilles tendon pain, is that the person should continue to do some of the activity that aggravates them in all but the most extreme cases. Okay. Complete cessation of activity. That's stopping activity entirely, not advisable. There needs to be still some stress to the tendon. Okay. So that's point number one. So like Keep, say, for example, like a boxer, you know how right. they're always on their feet, like yeah. their feet, yeah. jumping around to have an yep. Achilles tendinopathy. Sure. 
should so that you're telling them they, they should continue they should to keep boxing but tone down tone reduce down. the amount total time amount of time they spend in boxing. the ring or jump roping right. or even just but doing the agility bladder keep, work they and stuff keep like that. need to keep doing it okay so number two are we going to do exercises that directly stress the patellar or, or Achilles tendon, the tendon in question, and build tolerance over time to increasing amounts of load? Because ultimately, you pushing off your foot when you run, you squatting heavy, you being on um, running downhill as a trail runner, mm -hmm. those things all depend upon your tendon being able to withstand, in some cases, two or three times your body weight wow. repeatedly That's and absorbing insane. that impact, that elastic Impressive. recall that we talked about that recoil, that stretch of the tendon. So we have to build tolerance for that load. And number three, we need to make sure that we are doing things to address up and down the kinetic chain, anything that may be underlying it. So let's say you have a stiff ankle in the okay. case of an Achilles tendinopathy or plantar fascia pain, which we can get into in a whole different episode. But <laughs> um, basically, um, if you are stiff through the ankle uh -huh. and you are loading your tendon in a different way, you're not able to bend the ankle as much, guess what? You're gonna put more stress on the ankle through just day-to-day -day activities and definitely with running. So we want to oh. address that ankle stiffness a little bit. Okay. If we see that you're loading your ankle in a weird way, um, a different way, we would want to strengthen the buttocks and hip musculature, things like that. Okay. So that's the third component. Number one, manage what you're doing and the amount that you're doing. Keep doing it, but find a way through that you can determine how much you should be doing, but don't stop entirely. Number two, are you going to do heavy resistance training? And it doesn't matter whether it's the eccentric phase only. I mean, scientists have looked at, um, does it matter whether it's just the lowering phase or the lowering in the upper phase or pauses or anything else? Some amount of heavy load, whether that's the lowering or the lowering and the raising, are important to help the tendon remodel itself and to reduce pain. Okay. And then number three, are we addressing any of the other weaknesses, joint stiffnesses in and around the tendon in question? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Some good, good yeah. stuff right there. Thank yeah. you. And then uh, next question is, how do you know if you have tendinopathy and what are the signs? You know, as, as advanced as we have we become in testing and diagnostic testing, um, short of getting an MRI, uh, which would confirm that you have a tendinopathy, you don't need an MRI. In most cases, you poke the tendon oh. and it hurts, you have a tendinopathy, right? What? It's as simple as that. Like literally, <laughs> like in some cases of tendinopathy, they say one of the diagnostic criteria is it hurts when I press on it. That is insane. <laughs> yeah. Out of so, all the stuff so in medicine, really, it's so re just so, so really, so really, if it if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it is a duck, right? Okay. In that case. <laughs> so now, do you well, use your finger to poke it, or do you just yeah? What? Yeah, you say, oh, that's my tendon just below the kneecap, or that's my tendon just above my heel bone. I press on it, um, and oh, by the way, it hurts when I do things like jump, or it hurts when I run and I push off with my foot. Huh. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, simple. Now, <laughs> I will say that there are plenty of people who diagnose themselves with tendinopathies incorrectly because they don't have the diagnostic skills to be able to identify whether, in some rare cases, like a person can come to you and it's coming from their back, it's coming from their hip, it's a referred pain. But generally, in those cases, it's not going to hurt when you press directly over the tendon. Ah, yeah. alrighty, alrighty. Wow. I never knew that. That was actually a cool fact I learned today. Yeah. Um, and then, um, when should you seek help for tendinopathy? 
I think really the simple answer is when it's affecting your day-to-day -day life. Okay. If you really want to run a certain amount and you can't run that amount because you're always in pain. Or um, whatever it may be. Or whatever your choice, your, whatever your activity is. If it's playing with your kids, if it's um, doing something on the bike, if it's training for a particular event for charity or anything, that's the time to come and seek care and treatment. Um, because it really comes down to can the professional who's treating you identify how much you've done, uh -huh. the th errors that got you into this position, craft a plan to work you out of it, and what does your strength training plan look like to ensure that this, A, you get better, B, it doesn't happen again. Awesome. Yeah. I think you being a strength conditioning coach, you know, that'd be... I think you, you people can roll their eyes and laugh all they want, but one of the things that attracted me most to tendon rehab was the realization, based on my study in school, that they respond most positively to heavy resistance training. Traditional right type gym-based training, exactly. I love right it, I was alley. like, oh my God, I can tell people to squat heavy weight <laughs> to train, yes, I love this. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then what happens if uh, tendinopathy goes untreated? Well, I mean, besides just being in more pain I don't, and limiting yourself. Most of the do. time, it's a self-limiting activity. Okay. A person feels more pain. They are not physically able, due to how severe the pain is, to continue on doing the thing that they love to do. I don't want to fear monger. It is rare. There are cases in certain tendons in the body, patellar okay. tendon and Achilles tendon, where um, severe pain and degradation of the tendon and just not listening to your body's cues over time can lead to a tendon rupture. So okay. a, a breakdown leading to a tear of the tendon itself. But again, I said it's pretty uncommon. And if you're not pushing through pain and you're not engaging in activities that, so let's say it's already in pain and you go, go, oh, I'm going to do this recreational volleyball game. <laughs> like I'm going to go jump even yeah. though I'm in pain right now, you're probably going to be pretty safe. But, okay. I, but that kind of encourages, I'd say, I'd say, if you're in pain and you think it's a tendinopathy, come seek care sooner rather than later. Because the longer you wait, the longer road you're going to have to get out of this pain and to get back to full function. You heard it here, here folks. Heard it here first, folks. Nathan here can help you with tendinopathy. Any of our physical therapists can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not plugging myself, but I'm saying, I'm saying. If any one of our PTs. Any one of our PTs can help you out. And seeing a PT early in that process and a PT who is well aware of how much to load you and how to progress that load is essential to getting you back to full function. Awesome. And I can tell you, this is, this is what I'll leave you with. Okay. But listen, listener. Listen to me. Lay it on us. If you have a PT who is only rubbing your tendon and stretching you, you will not get better. I said it. All I right. said it. And I'm going to get flame and I'm going to get heat. If, a t if the PT is not applying load to your tendon in some way and tracking and improving that load week after week, month after month, you will not get better. Okay. Oh, all right. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I'm sure we're going to get a bunch of angry comments. But. It's okay. But, hey, like you said, any one of our PTs can treat you. So <laughs> True. No, true. Um, and then, um, all right, well, since we're talking about ruptures and tendons, and yeah. Uh, what do you do to treat a post-op ruptured tendon? Or do you even have to get surgery if it ruptures, you know? Oh, man, getting into the hard questions. So I'd have to do a deeper dive in the literature. So one thing I'm aware of is that there was some recent research on the um, effectiveness of non-operative management of Achilles tendon ruptures. Okay. So let's say a person pops their Achilles tendon. Ooh. The belief is that 
I have to go in for surgery immediately or I'll never do my activities again. I'll never run. I'll never jump. I'll never be. Well, there was at least one study that showed equivalent post-operative outcomes in terms of pain, functional status, um, maybe not for the highest level athlete, um, for people who opted not to go for surgery for Achilles tendon rupture. And you would think, oh my God, it's a massive tendon. How will it heal? Well, in most cases, the body does a really good job of healing the tendon. Now, you may not be able to play basketball at the, most, at the highest or competitive level. You might have a little bit of calf asymmetry, but guess what? You're probably gonna have a smaller calf after an Achilles tendon rupture, regardless of whether it's surgically managed or not. Okay. So aesthetically, you're probably gonna have a smaller calf on that side. Okay. But functionally, you may be able to get by with sur without surgery, and that's, but that ultimately is a question for your surgeon. Okay. If you have an acute tendon rupture, Get a surgical consult. Talk to a surgeon and see what the next um, approach or you know your next step is. Um, and then, are there any severe tendinopathies that can go untreated? You mean no one would receive care for the tendinopathy? Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, all tendinopathies require some amount of care. Okay. I will say that. If you're willing to suffer for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds awful. <laughs> yeah. Tendinopathies will generally resolve, um, but we may be looking at a year, a year and a half. Okay. Years, multiple years. Okay. And you might have such so severely limited your activity that you may not be happy. Okay. So get in and see us. Come on. Let us help you out. Awesome. <laughs> Let's yes. accelerate this process. <laughs> and then um, that was all what I had today, Nathan, but what would be some key top things on tendinopathy that our audience at home and patients at home yeah. should be well, taking home with them. I think, I mean, I've hit on them to this point, but it's, it's really understanding that tendinopathy is a disorder of load mismanagement. Okay. You're doing too much relative to what you can recover from. All right. And continuing to do that thing is good to a point, but doing too much of it is bad. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it as simple as I can. So there's and a sweet spot. There's there a sweet somewhere. spot. Alrighty. And you need some load on the tendon in order to recover from this condition. Okay. If you're not loading the tendon, not necessarily immediately, if you're in a lot of pain, that's what a therapist comes in. How are we going to ease your pain in the short term? Mm -hmm. But if you are not eventually at some point in the rehab process, going through the process of doing some heavy resistance training for that tendon, mm -hmm you are not getting the correct care. Okay, alrighty. Well, Nathan, as always, it's a pleasure talking with you. I love it, Tyrone. Learning some new stuff here today, so thank you for all this knowledge that I will take home as well. Yeah. And I'm sure our listeners at home will take home with them. And what I'll leave our audience with is, if you want any additional clarifying questions, or if you have any additional clarifying questions and you wanna know more about this topic, reach out to me individually. You can send me an email, my work address, it's Nathan at tomsickpt.com, that's N-A-T-H-A-N at T-O-M-S-I-C-P-T.com. You can also call our clinic and ask um, to speak with me. I usually make time between patients and during my lunch hour, I'm happy to talk with you guys about your own case and then potentially how we can get you in as a patient. Um, and if you have questions about the specifics of tendinopathy, um, you can always get in touch with me via one of those two ways. Awesome. I'm pretty sure our audience would love to hear that and love to reach out to you. So hopefully they come in, ringing in the phones with a bunch of questions for you. So, man. <laughs> well, thank you again, Nathan, yeah. for this time. Uh, this is another episode of The Daily Note with Tyrone Deal. And Dr. Nathan Daly. All right. Have a good one, guys.